Welcome to Waiting for Review, the show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. Okay, so this week we thought we'd talk about what it means to set up as an indie developer, um, all the different things you need to consider, how you might get to that point. Um, I know certainly for me it was kind of accidental in that it all really started as a just a hobby, me just developing in the evenings and weekends just out of curiosity to learn the platform. There was never never really any intent on my part of start, starting a business and thinking about money and tax and all, all the rest of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been been quite an interesting journey. I know you've been on a, probably a similar kind of ride to me, Dave, and that you you started developing, and then it I guess it turned into a product. Yeah, and you started having to think about business things as a result of that yeah. as well. In a, in a very similar kind of fashion, I think um, the the development happened before um, before even kind of thinking of it in terms of a, a proper product, um, mm. and certainly before thinking about tax income you know going limited or not and all all the other things that sort of happen down the line yeah um so dave i know like obviously i can kind of talk to a little about how i started off with um, my video mixing app but i'm kind of interested really for to find out how you started um with armchair remote um your remote for cody yeah um, so I guess really I wanted to learn iOS development and I started with, you know, the, the tutorials where most people start and that got me so far, but I need, I needed a project to, to really get into, to flex my muscles, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I started out with no real intention of ever, ever releasing it. It was just going to be a cool sort of learning exercise and, maybe a, a cool thing on my phone that I could show my friends to show off with that. That was, that was it. That was, that was the goal. Um, yeah. then, then once I got so far into it, it became, it felt like a product. It was a bit rough around the edges, but I thought I'm probably 90% of the way to a product. And I hadn't even realized it until really late in the game. Right. Um, for me, I'd always kind of thought it'd be quite cool to have a company or something one day. Um, and I thought, well, is it is this it? Is this the the time to do it? Because now I've got this sort of ten percent away from being a product. When it is a product, I I sort of start need, needing to think about businessy things now. If it, if it is going to become a product, because it's easy to think, yep. I, you know, in this day and age, now we have the app store, just to be like, well, I'll just put it on the app store and walk away, and that'll be it. But it's, it's not. Of course, it's not as simple as that. No. So. I think the biggest thing for me was do I go as a limited company um, like an LTD in the UK or an LLC, I think they're known as in the US, or do I kind of be the sole trader slash self-employed person and just do it as an individual? Yeah. Now, at the time, I already was um, kind of self-employed. I mean, I was registered as self-employed. Um, wasn't doing a huge amount with it, but... It was it was mostly um, from a few years before when I was in between jobs, I was kind of repairing PCs for people locally. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. So I was kind of on the, on the books for that, you know, for being a self-employed yeah. person. So I could have just 
gone with that. But and I think just to expand that slightly in in the UK, I know that um, when you're registered as self-employed, um, you're then responsible for reporting your your annual tax back to the government sort of every every year. And I don't think that really stops, does it? Uh, after after that, you you still have to kind of declare where you're at. Each year? Oh, yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I kind of, um, I did maybe like two jobs that I raised invoices for in a year. Um, yeah. And of course, then that means I still have to remain technically self-employed and report my tax back. And it started getting to the point where I thought, is this is this even worth it? Because, you know, I always find doing tax returns really stressful. Um, yeah. I dread doing it. And it really stresses me out that I've maybe made a mistake and I'd have to triple check everything and it's a huge stress. And I'm thinking for two invoices, it's like I'm basically making no money. By the time I've, in my own time in doing this tax return, I'm almost yep. you know, a negative here for what these jobs are worth in the first place. Um, so I thought I could maybe just go on, on the app store as as like an individual and then just report yep. the income in the same way I'd always been doing. Um but I I decided that I should probably probably go as a limited company. Um, for me, the the main benefit of going as a limited company or an LLC in the US is the protection of your personal assets. Yeah, that is and your to liability say, it starts and stops, doesn't it? Yeah. So that you know, for those that don't know, a limited company is a legal entity in its own right. So any debts or lawsuits or problems. They are the company's problems, really. Um, that doesn't mean to say you can't lose money through it. And that if if you were to say put a thousand pounds into the company to get it up and running in the first instance, you still stand to lose that one thousand pounds. If something bad would happen to the company, it's just you can only lose what you put in. Um, yeah, you know stuff like your house, that kind of stuff is kind of off limits. Um, now, if you were to go as a sole trader slash self-employed individual um you could be left in the clothes you stand in they could take the lot essentially if if you were to run into trouble now i know this is all kind of like what ifs and it's all very unlikely but um that that was one of the main the main attractions for me um of going limited uh, you went you're limited as well I, uh, yeah so roboheads is a limited company um but um yeah, and, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you actually, Dave. You, you went limited when the app was sort of still in its infancy. Uh, was that before you kind of had any revenue through or, or that that sort of side of things? Oh yeah, I was, was losing money of... instantly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for that kind yeah. of stuff. So um, it was all like a total gamble. I mean, I'd always right. kind of, I always had a little bit of an itch. Like one day, I'd like to have a limited company of my own. That was that was just yeah. always been like a personal ambition since I was probably about fifteen when I started studying right. business in school. Um, I always thought that'd be really cool, um, just just because, really. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, um, um, I mean that's not really the reason I did it. In this case, it was it was for all the benefits that having a limited company brings. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was going to say to bring it back to to why I I went limited is I would have to um, kind of go back to the start of of, of where GoVJ came from. Okay. Um, so I'll try and condense that down reasonably quick. I always wanted to have a go at making some sort of video mixing application um, because way back when I used to perform 
live video mixing in clubs um, and at, at sort of gigs and events. Um, you mix the video live and it gets projected as a backdrop for whoever is, is playing or on stage. Um, and, um, you know, back when I was doing this as a, a sort of going concern with, with a, a friend of mine, um, it was um, a hell of a lot of equipment to sort of bring and use at a gig. Um, video mixer, various bits of hardware and stuff. Um, so Go VJ kind of came out of, um, I wanted something to exist on the phone that would effectively do the same sort of thing as I was doing a decade before with lots and lots of kit. Um, and kind of what happened was the iPad came out and that was fairly inspirational to me as, as being a sort of target hardware for this. And in my mind, it wasn't necessarily I was building a product. It was very much I was scratching my own itch. Um, and there was, it, yeah, there was a point very similar to yours, I think, when I started to realize, oh, hang on a second, this this is actually working. I've kind of got something that's doing what I want to do, what I needed to do. And this is almost, you know, with a bit of extra effort, this is a proper app, as it were, rather than just a prototype um and so i realized i was going to market it as a product but i hadn't actually started thinking of myself as operating as a business yet um and i think i stayed in that sort of frame of mind of of i'm I'm putting out a product and at this point the mentality was very very close to kind of soul trading really you know this is dave wood i have this app and oh yeah i think i'm probably going to have to to charge for it as well <laughs> because it was of a reasonable quality of a reasonable um it lets people do um you know a, a specific job quite well um and um and so when i launched i i was soul trading and, oh, right, and okay. that was yeah so, so that was no um i was soul trading for about five months or so i think um and one of the reasons i, I went limited was to have all the same sort of benefits as you were describing, um, sort of limited liability and, and that end of things. Um, but equally it was because I'd seen some revenue and I knew I was going to have to self-assess and I'd never done that before. And it kind of scared the life out of me. Um, and I was, I was tracking everything, accounting for everything, um, because one of the, the benefits of selling products in the app store and doing most everything online is that your accounts are fairly simple um you know it's money in um from the app store it's money out on digital costs like um web hosting um github um that had zendesk as well things like that um it was all very easy to keep track of um i'm not talking about cash transactions or, or anything like that um but i could see that this was potentially going to become um you know, something I really had to have a proper grip of. And for me, sort of registering and becoming a limited company kind of represented that. Um, at this stage, I, I really was unaware of exactly what the complexities of accounting could actually be. Um, you know, I mean, for sole trading, it's it's fiddly and doing your tax tax return is annoying. And like you say, it can be quite stressful, but... I feel like when you look at the the requirements, certainly in the UK, for filing company accounts 
um, and keeping company records and everything up to date. Um, that that's another level of stress. Oh, yeah, to, it's it's next for level my, for my mind. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, I I, I registered as a limited um, company for Robohead simply to sort of wrap everything up, and and it was a statement of intent. By that point, I had realised you know this is becoming a proper business um, because I'd seen seen a level of revenue, um, and it's it was and remains reasonably small, um, but. You know, better than a poke in the eye kind of level. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly paid well towards my um, my iPhone every every time I upgrade, sort of since. Um, and yeah, I kind of wanted to do things properly as I saw it. Um, but yeah, what I didn't realise was everything that then went with um, with sort of having that limited status and filing your records correctly and and all of that. And when I I kind of looked into the detail of what was required i was a little bit scared actually um because i thought just keeping track of everything i can file it pretty much as simply as a self-assessment is as long as i file at the right time um i'll be fine yeah yeah uh that was mistake number one and i think i'm veering here a little bit um going into sort of lessons learnt. um so assuming it was easier than it actually is was mistake number one. And assuming that I could DIY it because things were simple was, was another mistake as well. Um, and eventually things progressed and I was doing contracting and I needed, I was doing contracting um, through the company as well. So RoboHeads as a software development company was available for hire at one stage. Um and at that point, I got an accountant involved because I started to become very aware that that things were going to get quite messy if I didn't. Mm. Um, and I guess the only the only thing I can draw from that, the sort of main nugget of um, of advice, is um, if you've got a reasonable level of revenue coming through, or you're raising invoices and contracting, and you're running under a limited company, you need an accountant, and you need one fairly early. Um, just to sort of make sure that you're you're doing things as as correctly as possible, um, but also as optimal as possible. Um, I mean, anybody who has been through an accountant for any length of time will sort of say, oh, you know, you need an accountant, they will save you money. And I think it was very easy for me to be a little bit blasé about that at the start and to, to kind of take that as just being something people kind of said. Um, but it, it, I've certainly found that in my experience to be really true. Um, the accountant knows their job better than I have time to, um, and it's it's money well spent. Um, no, it a- absolutely so is money well spent. I think you said a couple of episodes ago. I think we mentioned an accountant briefly. You said something like there isn't a stack overflow for doing your self assessment. Yes, and I think that's a very important piece of advice there. Really, um, yeah, and and the same over times ten for for filing company records as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember once I had a a query with my self-assessment so i googled it and i got the kind of the regular like you know business forums that come up and all the answers were just conflicting with one and each other and it just became clear that that you just need professional advice in this instance Um, yeah i mean i i kind of took a gamble by going and getting an accountant early it was kind of as far as i was concerned job number one really was to go and get an accountant um, or at least just right. to go and speak with an accountant. 
um, like like you say, going. I think what you said about having a limited company as a statement of intent that was that was a very good way of putting how I felt about it as well. Um, it it made it feel real that you know I'm doing this now. I have a company. Um, let's go, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, job number one. I went to speak to an accountant, uh, and that was it. Was, it was a huge weight off off my shoulders having when I left I remember thinking wow this is um this isn't so scary like you know setting up a company and all this kind of stuff it, it's fine it can be done um my biggest fear going into the accountant was what I was likely going to have to pay because I didn't really know what an accountant would charge roughly I've never really had to deal with one before um and equally I didn't really know how much money my app was going to make I mean I could maybe project it and guesstimate it but yeah, really, I had no idea whether I was almost going to be paying for people to enjoy my app or not, or whether I would <laughs> make. Because that's essentially what it boiled down to. If if the app didn't make any money, I'm just paying for these people to enjoy my hard work, and that yeah. just seems really backwards. So, um, yeah, I, I was really pleased um, coming away from the accountant. I think it started off paying forty pounds a month, and that's just right. kind of all in. So I got the company incorporated as part of that. So I didn't have to deal with the initial incorporation of the company. All I had to do was um, give my accountant a company name and he said he'd sort that all out. I've got a zero membership included within that amount because my my accountant's a a zero partner. So they're they're all up on zero. They love it. Um, I love it too. It's really good. It's that's kind of a piece of advice number two, I guess. Get an accountant and then also get some really good bookkeeping software. Um, yep. Preferably cloud-based so your accountant can kind of log in and, you know, do his or her side of the of the arrangement. Um, yep. So, yeah, I I thought that was pretty decent, really. So what's the maths on that? 480 a year to just run the company from an account's point of view. Yep. So, yeah, I... Perhaps that's a little bit scary because, you know, on day one, I had no idea if I was going to make any money. So I was potentially in the hole for nearly £500 before I'd started. Yep. Um, but looking back now, it was definitely the right thing to do. Um, I mean, my accounts have gone up a little bit now um, because my company's kind of diversified a bit in the sense that I'm now doing like web consultancy work, sort of developing websites for other people in addition to yep. running my apps. So like you said, it's very easy running um, accounts when you're doing app store stuff because it's all it's all logged on, on the app store. You get one payment every X amount of weeks. Yep. And then like you say, I, I had pretty much nothing going out apart from obviously my accountant's fee every month. And what was I paying? Yeah, like a little bit of web hosting. I think I was paying for Google Apps for Business or G Suite as it now is, but it was, it was all negligible stuff. Yeah, and really um, easy to keep track of. Really, you you can log in and kind of just get get a view within yeah. sort of a half hour. You've got everything together. I think basically every month there was maybe six transactions total in my bank each month. There was like my accountant, there was my Google Apps for Business, <laughs> there was a couple of others, and then there was the payment from Apple. That was it. That was yeah. my ins and my outs. So that was pretty simple. When I started sort of invoicing and behaving like a real business, as I kind of think of it. Um, yeah, having to raise invoices and sort of buy more stuff in, you know, software licenses and things like that to for clients. Um, 
I then needed to pay a little bit more to my accountant so I could um, go up to the next tier on zero to start yep. having zero raise invoices on my behalf and automatically chase people when they don't pay all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's gone up to £45 a month now, which is still pretty That's good, I think. Very, very cheap. Um, I, I think relative to some of the costs I've been quoted um, I, yeah, this is the it. last couple of I, years. I don't know if I've just gotten lucky or something. Um, or whether that is generally seen to be the going rate i i don't know um in any case it certainly feels feels quite reasonable to me and the value you've then got from that has been really quite strong hasn't it hugely strong i mean it, it just means that i don't have to think about any of that stuff all i need to do is keep zero um up to date so yep. i you know make sure my invoices are all squared away neatly in there and my expenses and receipts and stuff that's it yep everything else is just taken care of and that's that allows me to focus on actually sort of running the business rather than running it from an administrative point of view yeah um and i think when you're starting building an app or doing whatever it is you're doing you've already taken on a lot and you're going to be busy and that's going to be in your headspace probably 24 seven. I know it was in my case. I just couldn't not think about what I was doing with my app or whatever it is I'm doing with work. So not having to think about all that other accounting stuff and that that's, that's a big weight off and essentially it costs less than a cup of coffee per day. Yeah. Um, It's kind of, yeah, within the the region of kind of like phone contract money, which yeah, is is I think it's doable basically, and I think if you're if you can get an accountant for that that kind of cost, um, I think you can probably take a good gamble at sticking an app out there and hoping that it 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 pays for itself. And I think most apps should probably pay for itself or themselves with that at that level. I think there's um there's something else there. I think Dave as well, sort of thinking about the way. Um you approach things sort of from the outset there um, is I kind of wonder if that did that motivate you in terms of sort of monetization and making sure the app kind of paid that cost back? Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, I remember when was it? I started out in January and the app didn't actually launch until I think it was like April the 28th or something like that. Right. So I, I basically had about three months, three slash four months of not having a product. So having zero income for the company. Yeah. Um, possibly in hindsight, I maybe jumped the gun a little bit on getting the company set up. Um, but there were certain things I needed to do in terms of getting my Apple developer account registered, set up, getting a bank account ready. Yeah. Um, which all took time. Um, like just getting the bank, the bank messed me around. Um, yeah for quite some period of time waiting on some stupid piece of paper they needed from company's house and they couldn't set up the account until they had that. And there was, so really probably good that I did start earlier than perhaps I needed to because yeah, there were lots of delays and I had to have several phone calls with Apple developer support to, you know, sort of get the, um, get the Apple developer program up and going which of course i needed to have up and going in its fullest capacity in order to sort out my in-app purchases for the app yep um 
so yeah there was a period of time where I was just making no money and every month I'd be like oh no more money going out no money coming in and yeah it, mm. it, it was I did find it quite stressful yeah and the app got off to a, a reasonable start and um yeah it was it was a huge weight off when I knew everything was being paid and it was like yeah this is this is cool it's quite satisfying in a way it's like yeah this is this is working. I may not be getting rich yeah. off of it, but this is the boxes are being ticked in. This is this is good, and it's kind of it's all as a result of the work I've done, and I felt pretty good about that. Okay, just like a final thought, I guess before we close off for today is um, if you did go down the road of getting yourself a company set up and going um, indie, there are other other benefits I think that are not to be overlooked. I think that given the work that we do and the interests that we hold, I'm maybe speaking for myself here, Dave, tell me if I'm not, um, that <laughs> it's quite easy to try things and then for them to maybe have the potential for them to become businesses, but you would never really know unless you tried it. And I mean, that might be as simple yep. as starting a, a tech blog. And maybe you'd get a load of readers someday and you could start running ads or maybe even this podcast. I mean, we just started this podcast because we wanted to we wanted to have a like an outlet, I guess, for us to yeah. talk about things and, and the journeys were going on. Um all of those things are made much, much easier um and have the potential to grow and for that not to be a stress if you already have like the framework of a company set up. Yeah. Yeah, something to sort of represent your your interests from a sort of business perspective. And I think it's fair to say with um, a company making software, it's quite possible for that company to have quite a sort of wide range of things under its umbrella. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, you gave the example earlier on that your company is expanding to cover your your web development as well. Um, it's not specifically just an app company and you know, that's, that's a, sort of the wonderful thing about tech really um, is that it's, it's possible to sort of bring a lot of things under that, that umbrella. Mm. And I think maybe if I didn't already have this company set up, it would make me think twice about trying these things. Yeah. Because if I thought to myself, you know, let, let's start a podcast and run sponsorships then all of a sudden it's almost like back to square one with us in the early days of with our apps. It's kind of like, oh, I need to start thinking about this now as like a, a real money business thing because all of a sudden we're talking about sponsorships and that kind of stuff. Whereas now if, you know, we don't run ads at the moment, but say someday we do, um, yep. we can just be like, yeah, sure, put it through the company, done. Um, yeah, that can be a root digital activity. Yeah. Straight up content. And it's just done out of the box. I mean, I was thinking the other day for probably the 10 or 12th time um, that maybe I should start a uh, a blog. Um, I know we've been here before, but uh, I thought maybe that would be a nice idea. And, you know, who knows, maybe one day sponsorships, ads, um, all that kind of stuff is just so easy to run through a company. Um, and if I didn't have that company... I may be just kind of like, well, is it really worth it just for this blog? And, you know, it's got a lot of effort and expense and time. But, hey, you know, you've already got a company set up for your app development or whatever else. Use it. Make use of it. And I think that's a 
that's a, a huge a huge side benefit that that can't be ignored it's almost like having a business set up is almost a repository for any future cool ideas or thought experiments that you want to try out in the real world and yeah uh, yeah i would i would definitely encourage encourage that i think that's um that's a great thing okay that's it for this week um if you've enjoyed the episode we'd love it if you could give us a review on itunes or if you're an overcast user it'd be great if you could recommend us by hitting the star button uh also we'd like to just let you know that we have our slack channel and we'd love to invite you to join hope is that it can become a a great place for developers to come and get to know each other and hang out if you'd like to join um, just send us a message on twitter and we'll get you signed up our twitter account is at wfr podcast okay so before we go where can people find you um, you can find my apps at roboheads.com and you can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Roboheads spelt with a Z at the end. How about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, I'm at underscore Dave Not on Twitter and my two apps you can find online. Uh, my remote control for Cody you can find at armchair-remote.com and my app to help kids learn to read you can find at spacereaders.com. 